Guru Nation, welcome to episode 407 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. This is Dan Sfera. This episode, you're going to hear me kind of help a listener who took my advice and started a new CRO, and now he's getting asked uh, some questions, some important questions by a sponsor, but this is typical of what sponsors are going to request from you if you're a CRO before they actually hire you. So I answer, I help them out a little bit and I kind of give my two cents on what should go in these sections slash questions that the sponsor is asking or requests that the sponsor is answering. So check it out. This is for anyone interested in CRO work or uh, learning how sponsors kind of deal with CROs and maybe you're a new sponsor. These are some of the things you should be asking your, your CROs as well. So check it out. Uh, links in the show notes to everything. If you want more studies, just text me. What are you doing? Text me. Let us help you out. It's low cost. It's affordable. We're trying to build a site network at scale. Uh, 949-415-6256. If you want to become a CRA or a CRC, check out our academies in the show notes. If you want to learn how to expand your opportunities and build your personal brand or your business brand, and you want monthly masterminds to be part of a group that keeps each other accountable and networks with one another, join my Patreon channel. That's five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash Also, Text the word guru to 31996. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know if I missed anything. Let me know if the sponsor's missing anything. And just text me and let me know how you're doing. 949-415-6256. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Guru Nation, welcome to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Thank you very much for reaching out, uh, for watching, for listening. Thank you to this listener for reaching out. Um, they have been listening to the videos. They took the advice. They started a CRO. And they got a project. And uh, they need some help. So I thought it would be actually a really good podcast episode to go through this and kind of you know, give my input on what the client is asking this person and maybe somebody else out there can learn a little bit from this too and maybe I will too in the process as well because I haven't actually seen all of it but I think there's some things here that uh, require a little bit more thinking than what I'll be able to do off the cuff but let's see let's see so as always nice talking to you guys uh, virtually wherever you may be so again this person got a CRO project and before they actually get awarded the project as the CRO the sponsor is asking a couple things so they want to know specifically the technical approach and this is about monitoring so this person who got this CRO um, contract or soon to be getting this contract uh, as more of a there the sponsor is needing more of a monitoring um, oversight so let me just preface with that so the technical approach they want a clear presentation of the proposal to ensure adequate monitoring of the proposed clinical study including monitoring of research sites pharmacies and lab so 
basically you need a monitoring plan. This is what they're asking for. What's the monitoring plan? Typically a monitoring plan has to spell out several things. How many site visits? So is it every four weeks? Is it every six weeks? Is it every eight weeks? That's one thing that needs to be addressed. The other thing that needs to be addressed is what type of monitoring visit? Is it going to be remote or in person? A third thing that needs to be addressed is another type of monitoring visit. Is it going to be risk-based monitoring? So most likely not for a startup. Risk-based monitoring was popular as a concept back in 2016-2017. Most of the studies we're on are doing traditional monitoring. Um, but risk-based monitoring is always built into the data analytics. Uh, so basically the premise of risk-based monitoring is you don't treat the sites the same. Some sites will, may get more frequent monitoring visits, other sites less, based on a number of factors, right? Based on their overall risk profile. Are they considered more of a high risk site? Are they higher enrolling? Are they less experienced of a site? Are they having more deviations? And the monitoring plan could adapt and it should adapt under a risk-based approach. Uh, but most of the time, at least for a, like a CRO of this size, just like DSC CRO, we, do, we can do risk-based monitoring, but we do traditional monitoring, 100% source data verification, uh, which risk-based monitoring, another factor that's pretty important that I forgot to mention is risk-based monitoring may not necessarily need to be 100% source data verification. So these are the things you got to spell out in this sub in this point. The next point asks for a clear description of the vendor's approach to ensure adequate protections of human subjects and adherence to regulatory requirements of clinical studies under this IND, including any training and certifications that the CRAs need to, need to possess. So how are you, how are the CRAs? You have to think about what the sponsor actually wants. This is what they're asking here. The sponsor expects good clinical practice and patient safety. Patient safety is the golden rule. Matter of fact, that reminded me I need to post on my Instagram. I have a really good quote about this that I need to post. I've been behind today because I'm doing these videos, clinical scoop videos, shameless plug, did a Patreon, uh, another shameless plug, Patreon monthly mastermind meeting. Uh, check those out in the description and the show notes. Uh, so what are you doing as far as training your CRAs, ensuring that your CRAs are trained on the protocol, number one, trained and following GCP number two. Basically, how are you making sure that your CRAs are doing their job, that they're, that the, basically the sponsor is hiring your company to oversee? So you need to have training for your CRAs. You need to have documented training. You need to have this included in your monitoring plan. You need to have oversight of your CRAs. So if a CRA goes to the site to do an interim monitoring visit and sends you a report, does somebody look at the report? Does someone review it? Does somebody confirm that what's on that report makes sense? Does someone confirm uh, or, or follow up on any clarifications that they still don't understand? Sometimes there's sometimes in those reports there's questionable things that the site might be doing or questions that the site might be asking. Uh, 
Who's in charge of that? Yes, ultimately it's the sponsor, but for the little day-to-day things like making sure informed consents are being done properly at the site, making sure ALCO is being documented properly, making sure deviations are being caught. This is the CRO's job if they're if the sponsor is hiring a CRO. So that's that that answer that should answer that part. The next part, an understanding of possible risks and strategies to mitigate any anticipated risks should they arise. For example, major deviations that sites commit, uh, patient safety issues, like you know, for example, let's say a site accidentally gives the patient a wrong dose, or even worse, they assign the patient another subject's investigational product, right? What are some possible mitigation strategies for this that you've thought of? I'm assuming you have the protocol, so you need to look at the protocol, and an experienced CRO would be able to find, even within just looking at a protocol for maybe 20 minutes, where some of the potential pitfalls might be. And the sponsors know this too, when they're looking for, or maybe not, but usually they do. So when they're looking and when they're asking you these things, they want to see if you kind of are on the same page with them as far as their possible risks. So you got to kind of look at the protocol for this one to understand better how you're going to mitigate some of these risks because every protocol has its own challenges. No matter how many decades you've been doing clinical research, every protocol is unique and has its own challenges. So that's that part of this uh, uh, scope of work, I guess. Um, the next part is asking an appropriate project management plan. So this is where you are making sure that your CRAs are sending their confirmation letters, their monitoring reports, and their follow-up letters on time and on a consistent basis. Uh, this is what project managers do. Project managers ensure that the workflow, the operations are going smooth. So everything from site selection to study startup to initiation to ongoing study to close out, you need a project management plan. That should address the obvious, like monitoring reports and expectations, how how uh, quickly after a monitoring visit is the report due by the CRA? Who's going to review the report? What revisions are going to be sent? How, how, how soon do they need to be reviewed? When does it get finalized and get sent to the sponsor? Those are the things that need to go on the project ma- management plan. And by the way, also the budget, like for the site. I don't know if the CRO in this case is in charge of paying the sites or if that's going to be the sponsor but you've got to factor in that too. Project managers take care of that as well. Another thing besides operations and budgets is inventory management for investigational product. Okay, how are you going to track investigational product? How are you going to ensure proper supply at the sites? How are you going to track expiration dates? How are you going to deal with temperature excursions? That's on the investigational product side. On the laboratory kit side and other study supplies, same thing inventory of lab kits who's going to manage it is it going to be on a as needed basis in real time or are you just sending a bunch of lab kits to the sites and then relying on them to reorder kits 
I don't know, and neither does the sponsor. You need to answer this. Uh, so that would be part of the project management plan, as well as audits. You know, like when, which sites are you going to audit? Uh, how are you? How are audits going to be conducted? Are you ever going to do co-monitoring with the CRAs? Um, how are you going to retrain sites? When are you going to retrain sites? How are you going to retrain CRAs? When would that be? That's all part of project management. Also, vendor management. Who's in charge of the EDC and making sure that the IRB uh, has the the latest versions of, of the protocol of the informed consent? And how do we know that the EDC has the latest reference ranges in the labs? Like there's a lot of little details that go into project management. You wanna touch up on all of those things. You wanna touch up on the operations, on the startup. You wanna touch up on the laboratory management. You wanna touch up on the vendor management, which includes EDC, IWRS, Central Labs, IRBs. Those are vendors and any other vendors that are being used, e-patient diaries perhaps, e-patient reported outcomes. You need a good project management plan to keep track of all these things. Um, Next would be a description of the proposed communication pathways between the CRO, the site, and the sponsor. So kind of what we discussed earlier, confirmation letters, monitoring visit reports, follow-up letters, even some things as simple as how you name files, like naming conventions. For example, um, if you have multiple CRAs and you don't have naming conventions for reports, then it might be harder to find a report when you need it for in the trial master file because we have a small CRO and our trial master file is a mess with just three studies, right? So, and we didn't have naming conventions early on. We still don't for one of the studies, but for the new ones, we're going to start having naming conventions because it's going to be easier to find the documents. So by naming conventions, I mean a uniform way to, to identify what document is what. So, for every monitoring report, for example, you want to have maybe the date and the what monitoring visit it was, including the number, and then what site. Or the naming convention could be anything that makes sense. But you should have a standard naming convention. Uh, another communication between the CRO and the site is recruitment status. Hey, how are you gonna? How often are you gonna follow up with the site? Uh, what's their enrollment like? Are you going to call? Are you going to email? Are you also going to send out a newsletter to the sites? A lot of studies use monthly newsletters to communicate with the sites. Maybe share best practices from other sites or share issues or answer frequently asked questions from other sites. Those all go in a newsletter, so that might be an option as well. So typically for communication, it's the monitoring letters to the site, the recruitment status update, how are you going to make sure that the sites are giving you the correct numbers as far as so make sure they're using a screening and enrollment log, make sure they're being uh, up to date with that, and then also the newsletters. Okay, so that's that. That's the technical aspect. Now they're asking a few things on the quality assurance side. So regulatory approach, uh, the question or the task is indicate what internal processes your organization follows to ensure compliance with applicable regulations at the monitored sites. So what's your SOPs? You know, CROs need SOP and you need to have, an, I definitely need to have SOP 
for your CRO. So what is the monitoring plan like? What, um, I mean, all these things we mentioned earlier, what's the project manager supposed to do? How are the CRAs supposed to function? What's the naming conventions? These are CRO SOPs. You kind of need to develop them uh, over time. Uh, if you don't have any, you should probably get some. So that's, uh, I'm pulling up, as I talk, I'm pulling up one of my CRO SOPs so I can give you at least the table of contents that goes in there. But it's pretty much what I just mentioned, like earlier. You need to have everything I, I discussed. You need to actually have an SOP for that. So for a monitoring plan, you know, and for every aspect. So site activation, study startup, um, interim monitoring, closeout, all those things, you need to have uh, um, SOPs for that. So I have, let me see if I can find my SOPs for the CRO. I'll, I'll have to look for them, but they're in there. And uh, you know what? The SOPs for a CRO are probably less important than the SOPs for a site, um, at least from a sponsor's perspective. But they're still expecting you to have internal processes. So the, at least the things that we talk about in this video, you need to have an SOP for it. <clears throat> so that's your internal process that they're asking about. Now, they're also asking your ability to provide high quality monitoring. Specifically, how monitoring will be accomplished for protocols that require PK sampling. So for PK sampling, you know, you need, oftentimes, I don't know anything about this study, but oftentimes you need very strict uh, of a timeline when it comes to PK sampling. So very strict of a timelines. And uh, you need to be sure how you're gonna monitor this because some protocols call for blood draws every five minutes and they don't allow even like one minute to be late or early. So how are you gonna monitor this? You have to look at the protocol because this might be a possible risk Remember earlier we were talking about risks and strategies to mitigate any anticipated risks? Well, PK is really tough for sites to be consistent on all the time when it comes to like drawing the PK within the minute or within the five minutes. It seems like this is a inpatient study or at least a phase one study. Uh, and then finally, describe your organization's approach to quality assurance and quality control and monitoring. So quality assurance okay would be the processes the monitoring processes quality control is how you ensure that these processes are being followed so that's quality control uh, so you gotta have you gotta have some kind of a uh, SOP for QA and QC when it comes to monitoring so I think that's should help you get started on this this is actually something that seems simple but probably will take you some time and Google will definitely help you out a lot fill in a lot of the gaps my intention is to give you an outline so that you can kinda get a framework for this so good luck with this let me know if you win the project congrats for going out there and getting these projects Good luck to everybody. Thank you everybody for watching and listening as well. And we'll catch you all later. 
So hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.